You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. All right, we're going to slowly bring in this fellowship break in little by little. If you could please slowly but surely return back to your unassigned seat. I know it's hard to break up the fellowship. Many tears will be shed. Thank you, Mike, for the shushing. This is actually kind of helpful a little bit. Guys, how are we doing this Thanksgiving weekend? It's good to see you. I know it's a little sparser today, right? People are traveling. Uh, there's there's uh, some illness that's floating around the known universe that half of you might have just got over, maybe like a second ago. <laughs> In any case, it is good to see everybody here. Now, before we start this, uh, this one-off topical lesson entitled Little Things, I think it's only fitting that we pray. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for loving us the way that you do. You're an amazing Father. The way that you take care of us, the way that you provide for us, the way that you love us, Father, you are in every single aspect of our lives. We pray, God, just for our, our time as we get into the lesson, allow us to have open hearts, allow us to have hearts that are ready to uh, just receive your message. You know, people are coming in, we're coming to different places in life. Uh, some cases, we're just happy to be here. But we pray, Father, that you work powerfully through your word and through your spirit. Allow us to draw closer to you, God, in ways that we wouldn't have otherwise. Allow us to draw closer to each other. Allow us to be spurred on towards love and good deeds. We thank you so much for loving us the way that you do, God. Please speak through me as you see fit. The church says, amen. amen. All right, so today we're to get into the little things of life. I don't know what comes to mind when you think of little things. Um, for me, a little thing could be my uh, youngest son kicking me in the back at 5 a.m. and I'm trying to sleep. Something that I would complain about. But, you know, as I get older, I'm going to cherish, right? Little things are seemingly innocuous events that when we consider them for their worth and value, that perhaps maybe they're not the little things. Maybe they're the big things. There's a study that was done. Um, it's by Doubletree. Small study. I would, I would question its academic value. But <laughs> it was involving 2,000 adults. They had a couple, uh, you know, conclusions that were made or, you know, some facts that were found. But in, in, in discussing little things, usually when we think of little things, we think of like kind of like personal happiness, things that we draw a measure of enjoy from, right? And the, the research determined that it was a little surprises, right? It wasn't so much the big things of life, but those daily smaller events that brought people the, the, the greatest amount of joy. That 82% of participants said that the best things in life were unexpected. And you think for yourself, that might have been the case. Many times in life where it was an unexpected event, an individual, something occurred, and you're like, wait a minute, it deviates from the norm, but gosh, this is so refreshing. There is a researcher from across the pond, just because it's uh, in the United Kingdom doesn't mean it doesn't have value, it does. <laughs> it's not always Harvard or Stanford, okay? <laughs> Uh, but one university it said an effective route to happiness is not necessarily, and this is, we're going to get away from self-help in a second, get more into God, right? But it's not necessarily through experiencing major events 
that we might have planned out, such as getting married, or moving into a house, getting that all-important promotion, or even being on a holiday. Rather, it is the small and often unexpected pleasures in life that can make us smile each and every day to help us build a happier, more meaningful lives for ourselves and for others. Now, I share all this because I think we consider the little things, we have to consider the source, right? We live in a world that, that tells you that it's the universe giving you things, and that you say something, you put it out in the universe, and the universe will return things back. And I struggle with that, <laughs> just a tiny bit, because there is a source, there is a creator, there is a signature on everything that you see in this physical world that screams that perhaps there's one who made it. In James 1, 16 and 17, it says this. This is the context of enduring trials. This is the context of being, you know, tempted and how Satan tries to tempt us. But it says, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be kind of the first fruits of all he created. It's, we live in a world that's interesting. We live in a world that wants to curse God and uh, can't stand the notion of his existence when something bad happens, right? But when then something good happens, we don't acknowledge him. Think about that, right? It's interesting. But the truth is that many of us have found out over time that there is a God that gives good and perfect gifts to all of us, whether we deserve it or not. Now, some of those gifts you might feel like, I didn't ask for. <laughs> You're like, here's the plate of all the orders I requested. You put something up on this plate. I don't know, what, what is this? And it can be maybe a source of confusion for a moment, Right? There can be a trial. There can be something that we endure, a challenge that we go through. And you're like, I, I didn't order this. Can you take this back, waiter? But there's so many good gifts and perfect gifts that God has given us. One simple analogy I think of, you know, even, you know have you ever seen kind of robotics? And, and how people, you know, scientists, it could be like whoever, you know, Caltech, it could be MIT, uh, whatever institute of technology. And they're trying to create the, the mechanics of a hand. And you can see it like moving and it goes slow. And it, it has this, you know, the robotic feel to it. But if you put your hand up and just go like this with your thumb, just do that. Move your fingers around. You're not throwing up gang signs. It's okay. <laughs> this simple act cannot be replicated <laughs> by the smartest minds that we have. The little things in life. I saw a video on social media this week of a man that didn't have a nose. And for the first time, he had a prosthetic. He was in his 50s. And they put this prosthetic on. They kind of did a little touch-up on the side so that you know, it would blend in with the rest of his face. And, you, and he's looking in the mirror you know, for this initial moment where he has his nose for God knows how long. And he's staring at it. And you see the tears that stream down his face. The little things, the little ways that God works in our life, these moments that should be cherished, there's a heart that we need to have when it comes towards the little things. And I think Mary in Luke 2 uh, exemplifies this. 
the context is, you know, Jesus is just born, and the shepherds get this, you know, message from the angel, there's good news, and the Savior's here. And it says this in verse 17, in reference to the shepherds and they seen Jesus. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Consider, uh, some of you have been through childbirth, I haven't. Maybe, maybe a baby burrito, you know, but not so much the other one. Um, she's going through literally like, okay, I'm about to give birth. We're traveling these extensive miles, and it's not like, you know, they took the train or they had this luxury vehicle, right? So there's a census in the, modern, in the, in the Roman world. They have to go back to Bethlehem, and she's nine months pregnant. Ladies, how would you feel about that? Right? No, no, no bueno? Anyone? Pre- pretty rough, to say the least. And then they get there, and they can't find a place to stay. <laughs> You're like, you want to add insult to injury? Okay, here we go. You know? So imagine the distractions that you would have in this moment. Being choked out by the worries of the world. Frustrated by what you're going through. And in that moment where you'd want to be like kind of total navel-gazing and self-focused and woe is me, what does verse 19 say? But she treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. She was able to see God in a moment of intense adversity and trial. She was able to recognize the little things, someone coming to her uh, stable and their place of staying and worshiping her son and being like, okay, this is, this is special. You think she wanted to check out at that moment? Maybe take a break, take a nap, ignore her, her, her surroundings, focus on feeding the baby? But she had a heart towards the little things. She was able to see through all the challenges of this world and embrace the things that God was doing in her life. You know, I think for myself this past, uh, you know, it's the start of the holiday season, right? So Thanksgiving, you know, holidays in general can be a, a time of joy. For some of us, like, hey, you can't wait to see family, can't wait to eat this, can't wait to have this activity. Uh, for some of us, you're like, okay, here I go. I'm going to put my toe in the water. I'm going to go see family. It's going to be challenging, but God, give me the full armor and protect me, Right? For some of us, it's a time of intense pain because maybe our family's not here, whether it's, you know, across the state or, or international or they're, they're, they're with the Lord. You know, so you have these whole gamut of responses when it comes to the holidays. I think of the little things for me this, this past uh, Thanksgiving. We went to, for the first time in maybe six plus years, uh, to my dad's side of the family, right? For different reasons, we hadn't been there. And so we go kind of not sure what to expect, just know that, hey, it's, let's just go and, and to God be the glory and whatever he does, does. And I have a conversation with my dad. And for many of you, that may be seemingly innocuous, right? You just have a conversation, how things are going. I heard things, encouraging things, for the first time in over 20 years of my adult life. And so for many of us, you know, a conversation can easily be taken for granted. Having to talk with someone, um, and I'm, I'm hearing things to the effect of, hey, God, you know, hey, he's talking about his relationship with God, but he's like, hey, Brett, you know, I really appreciate um, just, you know, what you're doing with your, with your walk with God and how you're serving the ministry and what you've done with your family and your kids. He's like, I, I really respect that. 
I haven't heard anything like that. And this isn't to knock him, but just this is, you know, just everybody has things to figure out in life, right? Everyone has their own trials. But I haven't heard anything like that in literally over 20 years of being an adult. And so it was a moment that I was able, by the grace of God, to treasure these things and to ponder them in my heart, not having any expectations when we got there, just showing up and putting myself in a situation and seeing what God would do. And he blessed it. God, he blessed it. You know, and I think it's important during the holiday season because you're going to, you know, again, we have this whole gamut of emotions. Some of us can go, if we're being honest, in, in downward spirals, in different places emotionally, right? And so I think it's imperative that as we go through the holiday season, this is one of our, our kind of main goals for this lesson today, that we're able to see the ways that God is working in your life, right? There's a, there's a list. This is, look, look how many <laughs> examples of little things that we have that we can do, that we can focus on, that can potentially be through the holiday season, right? Something as simple as asking, some, asking someone who you care about, like, how are you doing? And then not passing by in the conversation, but waiting to hear the response. Who's that friend you haven't talked to in a while that you need to have a conversation with? Just say hi. Who is it? Guess what? Today, here's a challenge. Give them a call. More examples. Holding hands with someone you love. I love holding Martini's hand, even though she's a little skeptical about it. I love it. <laughs> My hand's clammy. You know, it is what it is. I can't, unless I get the, that removed and the glands, it's, you know, it's a problem. Um, <laughs> holding a door for someone. Going out in nature to your favorite spot. Where do you love to go to connect with God? The beach. I love the beach at night. I sing to God. It's really late. There's nobody around. The nails on the chalkboard are not being heard by anyone. It's a wonderful time. But there, look at all these examples. I want you to see some of these things and just acknowledge, right? Sometimes it's the smell of the rain, not the, the oil from the rain that gets picked up, but just the rain itself. It's the sunset. It's the sunrise. It, it, it's seeing your, your children smile and have, like in my case, maybe have fun with the neighbors and just play with the neighbor's kids like that moment brings so much joy to my heart because I see my children enjoying life. Flowers. Husbands, I think it might be time to send a couple flowers your wife's way. Challenge accepted? Rejected? Denied? It's too quiet right now, guys. Cut it out. I know a lot of people are here, but you're weirding me out by the silence, right? (laughs) Hebrews 12, Hebrews 3, I should say, verses 12 and 13. This is an oldie but a goodie. You've seen this scripture before, but I think it's extremely all the more imperative during the holiday season that we apply this one. It says, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so none of you be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Encouraging each other daily. Satan is at work. We have an adversary. Maybe at a point in time in our church's history, we use the military analogy and model to the nth degree. That being said, uh, we are still in a spiritual battle. And there is still enemies that are not going to let up irrespective of our personal sentiment or past trauma. And so the, the, the onus on us 
to encourage each other daily. Think of the text messages. I appreciate a text message from, that I'll get from uh, Ryan probably about once a week, just about things that he's learning in Scripture. I appreciate ones I've gotten from Eddie as well. These little messages, that they're simple, right? They're spontaneous. But to, to me, it matters. It's encouraging. When someone messages how they're thinking about you or they're praying for you. You know, when someone says, hey, let's have a lunch or a dinner or a breakfast. We can't underestimate the value of how God works through you in these seemingly innocuous ways. They matter. The ways that you treat people, they matter. When you spontaneously think of somebody else, nine times out of ten, it's usually the Holy Spirit. How many of you experience that where you reach out to somebody and they're like, I'm so glad you called me. I'm so happy you asked. Thank you so much for considering that. Now imagine that feeling in the holidays when people are hurting. During this holiday season, it's imperative that we let our light shine before men so that they may see our good deeds and praise our Father in heaven. What I want to do at this time, it's not simply me just kind of tap dancing for about 30 minutes. I want you guys to talk and engage and have a little discussion. So I see your faces. I can feel the excitement or the concern. There, there was a couple masks, so I saw the eyes. It was like, you want me to t- do what, Rhett? I just wanted to sit today. Next slide. Here we go. All right, groups of three to four. If you do five, you're, you're a rebel, but we'll allow it. Um, two questions. We're going to break in. Probably break out for about seven minutes or so. We'll see how it goes, maybe longer. Here's the two questions I want to consider before we bring it back in, and then we'll close out for communion. What is something that God has done recently to show you how much he cares for you? That's the first question. Second one, what is a seemingly little thing that God is calling you to do for someone else? All right, so two questions, groups of three to four. If you have a five, your rebel will allow it. Starting now. All right, humble request, if you could please read slowly but surely, return back to your seats. Hopefully everyone got a chance to share. If you didn't get a chance to share, you can blame the person that talked too long. You can do that. (laughs) That's how you love. That's the little things. Guys, give me some feedback. Uh, What are some things that you heard from the other individual in your group? Not named yourself. This is where you're going to raise your hand. Otherwise, I'm going to cue the Jeopardy music. So what are some things that you heard uh, from someone else in your group? So somebody in my group, uh, he got invited out to uh, Thanksgiving by their friends. And that was a guy in the family. Amen. Encouraging. We can, we can it's, uh, yeah, if you want to do like a little jazz, that's fine. Fidel. Fidel. Okay. Amen for that. That's a good one. For those at home, that was a surprise visit. That was very encouraging. Uh, Paulette and Liz.
What a coinkydink. That was a case of uh, round peg and round hole. So amen. <laughs> Liz, and then to get one. How about that? For those at home, that was surprise money. That's always a good thing. Always. That's pretty awesome. That was a call from home from military overseas, so that's extremely encouraging. Now I'm going to avert my gaze to the left side, my left side. Anybody else want to share over here? Amen. Amen. That was recovery from surgery from the uh, people at home. Amen. So that was uh, rekindling old relationships, starting new ones, and then forgiving through that process as well. We can jazz. You can jazz. Though. It's okay. Nini, 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 on this side. I only got two. Man, that's rough. I can go back over here. Eddie, let's go, Eddie. You guys. Amen. Amen. Different life responsibilities. That's good stuff. Um, right there. And that was uh, God being there through all the challenges. You know, we talked about earlier about that plate that you receive, and you're like, I didn't order this. There's still good things in there, and God's still perfect. We'll do one more in the very back. Amen for persevering and seeing the good things, maybe difficult situations. Uh, just to, to close out as we get into communion, two things to consider uh, as we acknowledge God working in your life this holiday season. First one, appreciating and praying conversation the daily little things that he has given you. Some of you are great journal writers. You might need to get back to that. Some of you have lengthy conversations with God in prayer. 
being able to see and acknowledge and appreciate all that God has done in your life, whether great or small, during this holiday season. And then two, by doing the little things for others, in the spirit of Hebrews 3, 12 and 13, uh, the key word for that would also be daily. Even it's small, a text message, a phone call, a note, whatever it is, do not underestimate the value of that. It goes a long way. And if you've experienced for your own life, you've, you've felt that whatever it was and how much it meant for you. Switching gears into communion, uh, the word Eucharist, uh, Eucharistia, the transliteration is from Eucharistia to Eucharist. Um, it means, you know, Thanksgiving, giving thanks. 1 Corinthians 10, verses 16 and 17, this is um, one of the passages where it's used. I think it's fitting for this, this uh, holiday season, especially this past week. And the context is like idol worship and feast issues, eat this meat, don't eat this meat, in the Roman and Corinthian church. But we're pushing that away for a second. Here's this passage. It's not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks, our participation in the blood of Christ. And it's not the bread that we break, our participation in the body of Christ. Because there is one loaf, we are many, one body. We all share the one loaf. Considering the little things uh, that God is doing in your life, this is not one of them. This is a tremendous thing that's affected the entire world from past, present, and future. We thank God that Jesus Christ did what he did. Amen. If you need motivation in the holidays, it's right here. You have all the motivation you need for the little things, be able to acknowledge them, to have a heart like Mary, to see and to feel and to treasure and ponder that which God has done in your life. And we have all the motivation we need to act accordingly in a labor of love. So many needs this holiday season, going back to communion, going back to the cup of thanksgiving that we're about to take. It's a small cup, but it's still a cup of thanksgiving. That wafer is kind of stale, a little rough, but we are participating in the body of Christ. Amen. Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 11 that we should examine ourselves. For a second, for a second, our brain's gone. We should examine ourselves, and we should give thanks whenever we consider all that God has done. Let us pray for communion. Before I forget, I almost forgot, and I did forget. Someone mentioned it. Uh, what was it again? Oh, does anybody need a cup? Please raise your hand if you have not received one. That was something I did not want to forget. Hand raised if you had not received a cup. And now let us pray. Father God, we thank you so much for loving us the way that you do. They were able to participate, God, in, the, in, in, in your supper, the Lord's Supper, communion, Eucharist, so many terms, God, but we thank you for what Jesus has done for us. We thank you for his sacrifice, the love that you've shown through this one moment that literally changed the course of human history. Help us, God, through the cross to see all the ways that you love us, to see all the good and perfect gifts that you give to us, to be motivated, Father, to have a heart like Mary, you treasured and pondered the things that you've done in our life. Allow us to be motivated, God, to give and serve in ways that we wouldn't otherwise 
because your son died for us. We thank you so much for what he's done. We pray for your son's most holy and perfect name. And the church said, amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.